kids to scare anymore finally noticed the stolen car that was about a half block away from him. Hey, wait like, a minute. literally from the mental institution, Michael's yeah, still driving Yeah, it's like the car. emblem on it. Like, yeah. yeah nothing still, yeah, the sign is agree. still on the car. Yeah. yeah. Maybe this, you know what? Like, make, like we've blamed different people kind of already. Like, this town has some shitty cops. Yeah. Because he did tell the cops. He's like, hey, you know, he's driving this car. They're like, Oh, okay. And they yeah, I'm assuming Dr. Loomis gave them that information. He must have. I mean, yeah. he's either like a really shitty like guy who's concerned, or like <laughs> these are like bad cops because it's not that big of a town. Like, well, they don't. It's, they're just not that concerned either. No. And they're, it's Halloween, so you figure the cops probably kind of have their hands full as it is. They're, they're bad cops. They, they was probably like, they saw like a black person driving through town. They're like, we have to go <laughs> plant drugs on him and shoot him to death. And so they couldn't. Find Michael Myers. Um, so, uh, Linda gets ghosted. But, you know, her Bob doesn't leave because uh, he's dead. Yeah. Michael Myers uh, puts Bob's glasses on over. <laughs> oh, the sheet. He puts a sheet over his head like, it's pretty I'm a ghost. It's pretty good. Yeah. Like, it's good to know, like, because Michael Myers is a character, like, he's this creepy guy. It's good to know he has a sense of humor. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm going to play a little prank on Linda. <laughs> Before I murder her. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, hey, it's going to be pretty scary when I kill her. But what's going to be even scarier is if I dress like a spooky ghost beforehand. <laughs> Plus he was hoping he would get a look at Linda's tits. Yeah. Which she Apparently that was improv too. See anything you like? Yeah. That? Yeah. <laughs> We're better for it. I guess, and I, when Deborah Hill was discussing, like, writing this movie with John Carpenter, she talked about... Like, they thought about different... They wrote around scenes they thought would be scary in a scary movie. So they thought, like, what if you're with your boyfriend and he comes back... Dressed as a scary ghost. Dressed as a scary ghost, but it's really not him. Oh, 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 hey. <laughs> I was like, already, I was like, whoa, dressed as a spooky ghost. Yeah. Um, that's a scary thing. So, I think that's one of the things that works in this movie, though, is they found kind of simple everyday things that would be really scary that they could build a story around yeah, you know no it, it is interesting that kind of stuff too like things that are pretty universal I mean they, there's things like this is a definitely an American movie it did well uh, for a long time I don't know if you guys know this was like the most financially successful independent yeah. movie well they like, spent 320000 and they made $70 million yeah. off of it like that's well that's incredible. domestically like, yeah. you know God knows what they made in Europe and stuff but it was like and they were saying a, that like Europe didn't really like understand like the, the Halloween tradition. Like what, what's with the pumpkin? And what's yeah. Right. No, it's really outside of like um, like former English colonies and stuff. It's like yeah. that's something they do. It's like like in Germany. It's like oh, you, you like set off bottle rockets that night or some shit. Really? I don't remember what the fuck Carves they do in Germany. Turnip. It's just something like that. Carves and turnips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where did that come? Where did the turnip thing? In Ireland. That was in Ireland. Yeah. yeah. 
Are turnips even big enough to carve? No, they're really not that big. So they're like, like really small jack-o'-lanterns. Did they like Interestingly them? enough, they, uh, in like, they called 1918, I think it was the turnip winter in Germany, because they had to eat turnips because the war was going so shittily for them. <laughs> Unrelated to the movie, but... What's the matter? Can I get your ghost, Bob? And mm. uh, sh- he's not reacting. She's like using like the nail file that's like on their bed. Yeah, they like really. You're gonna fuck in their bed, and then you're gonna use like their nail nail file. That's kind of like. You should all... also like maybe eat some cookies, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get crumbs all in the bed. Yeah, they're um really making themselves at home in their <laughs> parents' bedroom. Do some watercolor painting. Like... <laughs> eat spaghetti. <laughs> What is your spaghetti policy here? She gets frustrated and decides she's going to call Lori up. Because he's just not handing her the beer. Yeah. This is going nowhere. <laughs> and, uh... I that's when Michael's like, uh, I think she figured out I'm not really a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to fucking strangle her. Yeah, that's the thing is, like, it's really just dramatic irony because at no point is Linda afraid, you know? <laughs> but again, it's like ratcheting up the tension for the audience, so. Yes. But, um, yeah, he strangles her with the phone cord, and it sounds very sexual. It's and her boobs like, are out, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's apt. And Lori's on the phone being like, oh, I get your famous chewing, now I get your famous squealing. Yeah. And she's yes. like, oh shit, shit might not be cool right now. Yeah. Yeah, Lori's actually getting... And she's like, I'll kill you if this is a joke. Like, she's getting pretty freaked out, but she's been like this all day, so she, like, yeah, is she, questioning. Yeah, she's trying to do, like, you know... Like, let's say, like, you're doing a podcast, and, like, you you point out, like, something, like, slightly out of order once or twice, <laughs> and people freak out. Like, the first couple of times, you just let it go, but then eventually you're like, okay, come on. That's not like any a, movie, but this movie. And you act like a big baby about it. The rest of the movie. <laughs> I'm just fucking around. No, but she like she's been burned a couple of times, so she doesn't want to like, you know, make a fool of make, herself. Make a fool of herself by saying, you know, that like Tommy like wiped his ass with his right hand. <laughs> <laughs> and so she she's like, it's not funny. Uh, uh, it's not uh, okay. Seriously, what the fuck's wrong? And yeah. she finally goes all in. Yeah, and Lori's like kind of investigating and like talking to herself ad nauseum here. <laughs> Um, Wouldn't it be funny if she had like a giant magnifying glass and started looking for clues? Yeah. <laughs> different movie. It'd be a different movie. And then I know uh, this scene that's so great and when uh, Lori, the kids have been put to bed, the lights are off across the street, she just got a phone call from there, she doesn't know what happened, so she decides she's going to go over there and look, which I think makes sense, like she's not going to call the police on that, because especially because they're being bad, you know, mm-hmm. like... They're doing like it. Boning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she doesn't want to draw attention to what's happening either. Oh, the couple swapping yeah. and stuff. It is the 70s, you know? We don't know. Yeah, it seems like. I think Paul and Bob are both pretty freaky from what we yeah. heard. Yeah. Yeah. Annie and uh, Linda are definitely down to clown. Um, <laughs> I think Annie's the freakiest. Though. Annie seems pretty freaky. Yeah, she's going to get down to doing lot. them. Look, whoa. <laughs> Annie. But uh, Lori steps out of the house. Also, just imagine, though, like, if I made a joke about having sex with, like, an eight-year-old girl when we were about to have sex. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I, think um, I, I think we're done for the night. <laughs> like, I've made jokes that were, like, nowhere near as weird. And you're like, actually, I don't, I don't think it's happening. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah, so this scene is, um, John Carpenter described as, like, a Hitchcock point-of-view shot. So we see... Her and the camera pulls out. 
walking towards the house. And then it switches to her perspective. Yeah, and they do it, like, very elongated. Yeah. To kind of build the suspense. And the and uh, Deborah Hill talked about the music in this part. It's like, it really draws you in, because you've been watching him kill people for a while now, and you don't want her to go over to that house, yeah. you know? But, like, but, no one has noticed that he's killed anybody. And it's a long walk. You know, like, into well, the house and everything. That's what part of what works about this movie, especially, like, when we talk, at, like, as we do about the conventions of slasher movies, is a big part of it is no one noticing that a bunch of people died, and sometimes it, like, really strains credit, you know, right. credibility. Uh, but this movie, it actually works. They're all in kind of an isolated house. They're, they've got it to themselves. It all happens within minutes, really. And that, too. Yeah. And it's, like, so it makes sense that, like, no one's, like, picking up on this. Which is another thing, like, part of why it all takes place on one night is because of the shoestring budget and it makes the movie work like the story really right. works it's, it's this wouldn't work better if it took place over the course of like four years right. this was like Game of Thrones but with Michael Myers killing someone <laughs> once every two months yeah it wouldn't work I don't know. Game of Thrones might be better if they introduced Michael Myers as a character though <laughs> I mean I like the show but I mean Michael Myers so um Michael put together a spook house for Lori to happen upon. Yeah, he really set up some traps there. It obligated all of their murderers and like slasher movies to come to do the same, like to like pose the bodies. Yeah, the, you know, have what? them come falling Final out and hanging yeah. in front of them. Yeah, yeah, but like, really, it kind of gets back to like that sense of humor. He's like, I don't want to just you know murder her. I'm yeah. dressed as a ghost beforehand, yeah, right. a spooky specter, yeah. <laughs> you know, and killing that guy with that mustache. Right, hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, and yeah, Lori finds like. Bob is hanging from the closet somehow. But he's like, he doesn't even really look like Bob. Yeah. Either, which is kind of weird. Like, well, it's because his glasses aren't on. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. He wore Maybe he was a little foxier than I thought. Yeah, though. right? Yeah. <laughs> Annie is posed under Judith's gravestone. Yeah. And, That's a pretty iconic Which would have been difficult to yeah. like have that gravestone not fall on her face and then everything. <laughs> In a bed, yeah. <laughs> she would have been like, who is this mushed face yeah. dead on this bed? <laughs> yeah, well, she would see like, like yellow socks like, oh, those are gross-ass mustard-colored yeah. socks. <laughs> yeah, and she finds PJ Soul's Shoved in like a magician's closet, yeah. I guess. She looks great still. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she <laughs> looks fabulous. Um, and she's like crying and she sits down in front of the closet where it's revealed Michael Myers is hiding out. Because there's yes. that cool lighting effect where you suddenly see his mask. Mm-hmm. Almost like it's With the glowing music in the light. Yeah, yeah, it's a really cool moment. And then, yeah, he comes after her. He's yeah. never like, he's kind of keeps the same pace the entire time. Yeah. It's like a steady moving towards her. Yeah. He well, like, he tries to stab her and she gets away and she ends up falling down the stairs. And um that's when like the music picks up and it's like a chase now. Mm-hmm. And he's locked her in the house. Like he's had a he's had quite the plan, you know, like but um she's stuck in the back door by the rake being propped up against the door and she breaks the window pane with the her best bare part head. is that if you look at it you can see the pane that's the breakable the glass. Breakable glass because it doesn't hit the light as well. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. I just like to think that she really shoved her hand through glass. Like a <laughs> fucking action hero. And Lori has fallen down a flight of stairs, broken her hand on glass, yeah. is running down the street, and the neighbors will not 
come out to help her. Like, they literally look at her through yeah, the window. she's, like, pounding on the door saying, help me, please help me. And they close the blinds on her face. Like, <laughs> how fucked uh, up. She should have come up with something, like, better to say. But, like, like fire. Hey. No, yeah. or, like, be like, oh, like, it's the 70s. But, like, the Eagles are performing a free concert out here. <laughs> like, got- there's a fire. Come outside and lock up Hey, hey, they're doing Hotel California. And then everyone be like, oh, my God. I guess the idea is, I love like, that song. It's Halloween, so I guess people think, oh, pranks and stuff. Yeah. But if you saw a teenage girl screaming outside your front door, would you really not let her in? I'd like, let her in. <laughs> if she looked like Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, dude. Yeah, and uh, then she realized she forgot the keys. Yeah. <laughs> I had the keys. <laughs> oh, they probably fell out of her pocket when yeah. she fell down that flight of stairs. <laughs> yeah. um, or maybe she accidentally left them. In a twist of dramatic irony, she left them at the Myers house. Yeah. She's the Myers house <laughs> keys. She's had the, yeah, she's got the Myers house keys instead of the Wallace keys all along. Yeah. And crazy. that family got there and they couldn't get in, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So is this when she gets in with the flower pot too? Yeah, she gets Tommy to let the, let her in the door because Michael is slowly approaching. Yeah, I guess he Nick Castle asked John Carpenter a bunch like, "Well, how do you want me to walk? Like, how do you want me to play this?" And he was just like, "Just walk," and like, and that and it works. Like he does look. And they said and even in the sequels, him. like in Halloween too, his pace is much faster as a different person. Yeah, but like he watched. The first Halloween over and over and still couldn't get it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he does have an interesting gait. It's kind of like how I said about you, Dan. Like, I could see you walking from, like, a mile away. <laughs> no, because no, you have a funny way of swinging your arms. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if You kind of kick your feet in a, like, cartoonish <laughs> manner. Wouldn't it be like, funny? Some people just have, like, distinctive gaits like that. Yeah, if I was playing Michael Myers, and it was like, that's his walk. He, he like, kind of... Kind of jaunty. <laughs> like, he's doing an imitation... Of Itchy in like that happy cat, like the cartoon on The Simpsons, where it's like that old timey, <laughs> just walking down the street. It has that feel. Yeah. Um, and she, she might not have been as effective. No, but she gets him with a flower pot on the head, which reminds no. me. No. There's a flower pot in the head here. No, she throws the flower pot at the window to get Tommy, to signal Tommy to let oh, him Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. There's yeah. the flower pot heave ho. That's what I, that, I, wrote. Yeah. I couldn't read my handwriting, but it reminded me of. In uh, the Carmen San Diego games, like you'd go into chasing Carmen San Diego, the henchman would drop flower pots at you. <laughs> Not what Lori did. No, no Gra- she, Grandma Lori arms herself with a knitting needle. Yeah, which is <laughs> yeah. a pretty good weapon. Yeah, yeah, it, it's part of what uh, yeah people like about so, the movie is she fights back. Like, yeah. yeah. So she, he's gaining on her, and she can't get in the house because she doesn't have the key. Yeah. So Tommy's all like, eh. Tommy couldn't have walked couldn't more have given slowly. two shits about that. The door. Well, like, how often is someone, like, really a life or death situation? Tommy's been freaking about the boogeyman all Yeah, night. like, yeah, he's, he's just been Okay, but he's tired now. That's different. <laughs> he exhausts himself with the fear. Also, like, if you're a parent and you get home and you see that, like, Lori put Tommy to bed with Lindsay, don't you think that's a little bit of Appropriate. At their age, kind of. At their they're, age, not really. They're a little old to be putting them together. Yeah, like a, like Tommy's got to be at least ten years, nine or yeah. ten years old. Like, and she's yeah. like, yeah, I want to go over there. Like, yeah, oh yeah, she knows what's up. <laughs> they're gonna play doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, so she stabs him in the neck with the uh, knitting needle because he, of course, lets himself into a window yeah. in the house. And it's it's pretty, it. yeah, it, it's very resource, resourceful on her part. And yeah. Like it's, it's, yeah, she's kind of like clutching it with, with the couch. I wish she had fought him with all of her nerdy accessories and the rest of the rest <laughs> yeah, of the Yeah, like in the eyes like, fuck you, paper hate. cuts, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> give her, like, spray with an inhaler. Yeah. <laughs> Read her fucking boring poetry till he gets to sleep. Like, you know, all that shit. Yeah, and so she runs upstairs. And tells the kids that she killed the boogeyman. Yeah, and it's... it's She's a, a little uh, forward about it. Yeah. Well, and this is also, too, like, um, it's it's part of what's good about this. Like, part of what's different about Halloween versus, like, a lot of the movies that came after, part of what makes this movie work better is Michael Myers is, like... Like, he's, like, kind of immortal, but, like, not super immortal. He's yeah, like, like, he... She took him down with the knitting needle. Right. And right. It, gave, it took him at least, like, 20 minutes to get there. Yeah. Right. Whereas, like, in, like, the Jason movies, you, you, you shoot... You can shoot Jason, he just keeps walking at you. Like, right. Well, one of the biggest pet peeves of um, John Carpenter is that he feels that Friday the 13th is a ripoff of... Well, it is. Movies. Well, it is. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Like, to an extent that, like... It's it a, well, they, they, yeah, I mean, that well, movie... Well, we, we kind of t- touched on this, like, I don't know if we've talked about it, like, super much on this podcast, but, like, what's funny about these is, like, Friday the 13th Part 1 isn't so much, it's, like, kind of a ripoff of this movie, but it's different because it's gender-swapped, and it's, like, an old lady who's killing everyone. Yeah. But, like, the sequels are very much a ripoff of this movie. Oh, definitely. Yeah, the first one is, too, I would yeah, say. Yeah, but... But they but, take the sexuality to, like, a crazy extent. They true. take the blood and slasher well, part to a crazy extent. Well, it, it, it's... I mean, it, and it's, like, an old lady instead of, like... But, like, all the Jason movies, like, proper, like, two yeah. on, are, like, like, two and three... In four, in particular, like kind of ripoffs of this movie. Yeah, what's funny? Once you get into Halloween Four. Halloween Four is like a ripoff of Jason. Right, movies. I like, still love it. No, yeah, no. But it, they they started yeah reverting to that. Yeah, that genre. But there's something about the original Halloween that's just special. well. And mm-hmm. part of what it is, I think, is that like Jason or Michael Myers can be hurt. Like it's yeah. not Jason. He can or be set back for a while. Right, and she also, like, she does stuff that's smarter. Like, she's, like, the primary concern in this movie is, like, she wants to protect the kids. That yeah. Makes her, and it makes her very sympathetic as a viewer, you know? Uh-huh. Like, you really identify well, with like, her, because she really does a good job of protecting the kids. I people, you know? made my friend watch this in high school, and she is not into horror movies, and her comment was, wow, she's a really good babysitter. <laughs> like, yeah. you, that's, the, that's the girl you want watching your kids. Yeah, yeah. she is going to protect them to the well, end. And she's not an idiot like people in most of these yeah. movies, which mm-hmm. is like super... No, no one yeah. really is in this movie, but like her in particular, she's yeah. highly competent. Yeah. Well, and she tells them, like, it's it's okay, I killed him. And Tommy says, you can't kill the boogeyman. And as this is happening, there's you can see over her shoulder <laughs> movement. Up, yeah. yeah, kind of sitting coming up. up and... he, well, he's coming up the stairs. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. He was downstairs on the floor. That's a really scary scene. Yeah. It, that's the kind because, of thing, it's, it's been the, done before. Well, and that's the other thing, too. Like, you get in the 80s, you get, actually, any time after this, you accept that, like, the killer's gonna come back. This right. is, like, kind of the first time that's done that I can, right. like, think of. Where it's, like, a, well, it's it's like a slasher like... film proper, and it's the, the killer's coming back. But, like, because usually in, you know, movies before this, you kill the guy, he's dead. It's not so yeah. over the top, either. Like, it it's took not a few super minutes, over like the you top. said. And right. He, and he, wa- I mean, it wasn't that, it was a wound that I guess you could see it having killed somebody, but, like... 
Yeah, but it's like movies after this. It's like, oh, why wouldn't you just take out a... Like, if you get Jason on the ground, take out a machine gun and, like, shoot him to pieces yeah. or cut <laughs> his arms and legs off, like, dismember him because... Yeah. He gets up all the time. And yeah, it's, it's always, almost an expectation, like, oh, he's going to get back up again. Because but with this, this movie, there's no expectation he's going to get up Because it's a slasher again. movie without knowing it's, like, part of the genre of slasher and, movies. And uh, Jamie Lee Curtis talked about in the commentary, in the first scene where she stabs him with the knitting needle, she says, I wish he hadn't used a wide shot here. Because then she goes to check if he's dead holding his knife. And he's not moving. So she sits down and throws the knife down. And she yeah. said, if you had a closer shot she has this look of like revulsion about holding a knife and that explains that knife throw away but she really thinks he's dead too well, yeah no because yeah it's not like yeah you don't think someone you just stab is gonna necessarily we get also back have up. To think yeah too, you don't think that like I, I think she looked too much into the scene whereas like people watching it for the first time is not gonna see like oh she's just being a pussy dropping the knife and i mean this is i mean since then there have been millions of slasher movies you're used to the killer getting back up. You have to That's write around I mean. that for the audience. Yeah. The audience right. didn't have to be written around that logic yet. You right. know, because because most of that stuff, and if it does, like later on, it's like it's lampshading. It's like you're a fan of the genre, right? So you know the rules, and so you know he's going to get back up. So yeah, reason. It's like this. It's like oh, I'm a teenage girl. I bet you you just. I bet you're not a teenage girl. I bet you you're you. And like, you killed I would, somebody. I would with your probably not. Uh, yeah, you're gonna hold it and be like, "Yeah, like you're gonna be like, oh, did I do the right thing?'" Yeah, I need to go check on the kids. Yeah, right. And yeah, they so they see him appear at the top of the stairs, and she locks the kids up and runs away. Yeah, very smart. Yeah, and she goes in the closet, um, very R. Kelly esque. And then he looks at the cabinet. <laughs> it's an all but empty closet, and she MacGyver's a weapon out of a wire hanger. Well, she also she, she <laughs> another takes, like, reason a I love this machine. movie. She, she ties herself into the closet. Yeah, she ties yeah. the doors together. And then, like, I mean, we could talk forever about the lighting in this movie, but there's such cool lighting effects. With yeah, the he just like punches swing. through it, and the hanger swinging, kind of dangling the light around. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. Yeah, yeah. The way they use light mm-hmm. in this movie is like, and she stabs him in the eye with a wire hanger, which yeah. is like. Pretty painful. One of the hardest parts of the movie to watch for me, like it's like, oh. and you don't see anything. Still, no, it's but... still, but it's just very effective. It's like, ooh. see, for me, right after when he drops his knife and she stabs him, the sound effect they use there bothers me more. <laughs> sure, because it's a really gross sounding face stab. Yeah. <laughs> so I, they were stabbing a pumpkin or something. They, it wasn't. It probably even... it was something solid, like a cantaloupe. I don't know something. Yeah, like she stabs him in the face. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, perhaps it's a watermelon. Or perhaps they're singing the words to a song we don't know. So it she, just sounds like watermelon. She, again, throws the knife down and... I mean, she did just stab him in the face. I yeah. Think, I would well, like, I think that's the whole thing. Like, if you're gonna, like if you're just a, you know, Joe Schmo, if you are trying to get someone to not hurt you, are you going to, like, kill them? Probably not. Yeah. Like, your goal isn't to kill them, but your goal is to get them to stab And Lori has, at this point, been cut... Twice, she's been thrown down a flight of stairs. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, she's a bit rattled. Yeah, like she's we've already rattled. established too. She's not like people have a lot of problems with her throwing the knife down. And the still does, but yeah. like doesn't. You don't want to kill somebody. Like that is like yeah. People defending like, themselves don't necessarily want to kill anybody. Yeah. I don't want to kill anybody. Exactly. And I'm yeah. cool. I'm not a dork like Lori. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's so, like an uber nerd. Again, smartly tells the kids run down the street and get help. 
Yeah. Run as fast as you can. And she, got, she can't run after them. Samuel Loomis is just creeping around outside <laughs> in the bushes still. Because he sees kids screaming and he He's knows He's like, oh, why. I know what's yeah. up. Yeah, I gotta find uh, out what they know. And we see do you, do you Michael think, wake up. Well, do you think by this point, though... Paul has figured out he's not going to have sex tonight. Uh, I've been wondering ah, about that. No, he's still like, Paul you never know, calls or anything. Raging hard on yeah. waiting for her to come He's sitting in his basement <laughs> listening to Judas Priest. Like, fuck, is she coming over? Like, so, yeah, but then we get the iconic scene of Michael getting up. Like, yeah, you know, and turning his head. Like, yeah. That's awesome. a very, another very, very creepy scene. Yeah, yeah. Like they talk about, like Nick Castle talks about, like, well, I don't get much to do in this movie because you can't see my face. But he does some amazing work in this mm-hmm. movie, right? You know? No, it, we've talked about it a few different times, like, like with, especially in like uh, regards to, like Preachers from the Black Lagoon or like um, with, with uh, Return of the Living Dead, where which this will come out before that. So wait for that one, folks. But like, how it's an actor in a costume, but they bring so much to the role, like. Yeah. You know, it could, it could very easily just be some dude in a costume. Right. Or, like, as, as John Carpenter probably thought, like, he was just some guy in a costume. And yeah. they took it and made it their own. Well, and John Carpenter did a good job of keeping it, like, subtle and stopping, yeah, like, not simple. letting it go over yeah. the top, you know? So. Definitely. Um, yeah, he comes after Lori and starts strangling her. And Lori manages to get his mask off for a split second. And every he time freezes, he looks like Jean Claude Van Damme to me. No. Anybody else when the mask comes no. off? No, I, I no. mean, like, he just look like a really tan guy who looks really offended at his mask. <laughs> see, I can see like a little bit later Van Damme, where he's got like the knot in his head because he looks kind of weird. But he like, looks weird. He looks weird. But I don't really see he's the Van Damme. Well, when I you see the guy who played him. Like, because you kind of see him in profile in the movie. Front on, he has a weird looking face. Like, not Nick Castle, some other actor. The other time you see him, he's naked and he's doing this. It's like, he looks like John Claude Van Damme. (laughs) I'm I'm telling you, we'll have to look later, but like, in that moment, his face reminds me of Jean Claude Van Damme. You want some advice? Take your fancy clothes and your black silk underwear and go back to Disneyland. It's also like, as soon as the mask comes off, he's like completely. He also did that movie yeah. with Dennis Rodman, like where, power comes where from. they have to defeat Mickey Rourke. Jesus, <laughs> I'm sorry. So, uh, yeah, there's a great use of shadows in this scene. Yeah, too. I wrote that down as a note. I agree with that. Yeah, Doctor Loomis shows up in the nick of time and empty, empties a clip on him. Yeah, <laughs> which is like it's kind of like based on his time. It was like this is what we've been waiting for Doctor Loomis to do. Yeah. <laughs> He's a licensed psychiatrist. <laughs> licensed firearm owner. <laughs> yeah. And All psychiatrists we, should be. <laughs> yeah, dude. Dude, if I was... The only st- guy who could stop a crazy guy with a gun. <laughs> a, oh, crazy guy with a knife, I guess. Even better, yeah. He's a psychiatrist. He's a crazier a psychiatrist yeah. with a gun. Yeah. Just waiting for his moment. <laughs> Some English alcoholic. <laughs> Definitely. Serves him up a lead salad. And Michael Myers falls out the window. What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. And then they go look, 
He's not there. It's and, so good. Yeah, and um, but there was like a print of where his body was. Or something. <laughs> no, that's in like the sequel. Like, no, they're yeah. in the original. They look down, and there's definitely like you see like where arms there's a mark in the down. grass. Yeah. Well, no, it's it the seek like because they they kind of redo this scene when they do, in part two, and it's like super. It's like burned in the lawn. No, no, it's just yeah. like there's definitely. In the grass, some of us like maybe yeah. he had to lay there. Yeah. Maybe he had to lay there for a really long time for the shot, so the grass was just like a little bit dead. Yeah, it looked like that. It was it was subtle. It wasn't like yeah, but like it was it, like a scorcher. But they like reshot it for part two, and it's like super obvious. It's like okay. maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I think it is. Yeah, I, think it I is. don't remember there being a mark. In I, the grass. I like I love all the Hall. I mean, clearly Halloween the best, but like I love all of them. So yeah. like, I'll watch them in succession <laughs> like a lot. They all blend. But together it kind of blends together. Bit. Yeah. And then John Carpenter talked about Donald Pleasant said, I can play this one of two ways when I go see that Michael is gone. I can either play it, I'm shocked that he's gone because I just emptied a clip on him, or I can play it like I knew this would happen. And he's like, oh, do both for me because he didn't know the answer. And it turned out the way that he really wanted to do it was that I knew this would happen and that's what they went with. Yeah. So, which is like a great kind of eerie ending like he did play it very well you know that he, like, he it was like it was, he wasn't shocked he was like she asked if it was a boogeyman yeah. <laughs> as a matter of fact <laughs> it was and then we see clips of all around the house where they've been and then the myers house also the uh a dad shows up is it so is it Tommy's dad or Lori's dad? A dad shows up. Yeah, like, so some people show up at the end. Like, they pull up at a car. Oh, I I, didn't notice that. Well, I wrote it down because the dude looks like Peter Griffith from Family Guy. Lori's dad is skinny. Yeah. Yeah, Tall and skinny. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's not him. Well, maybe I don't remember people showing up. I don't either. Are you sure you haven't? The second one? No, I, I don't think so. Because I wrote the note down. <laughs> Guys, get it together. Well, sometimes I write these notes down. And I'm like, well, I don't even know what the hell this means. <laughs> you know, like so you know, the way I remember it ending is still clips of no people inside the house. And it was just and like then, shots of like the And then outside and the like, Myers house. Like, where the yeah. fuck could he be? Yeah. All right, we're going to have to watch the end of this movie after this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to clarify. So, uh, as far as... Uh, I mean, the influence of this movie cannot be overstated. This is the movie that kind of defined... It set the rules for slasher films. Yeah. yeah the in, fucked in up part of this movie is that Must- Mustafa, Mustafa Akkad said, I want this to be called... Um, the Babysitter Murders? The Babysitter Murders. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, okay, like, I've never babysit... I babysat like twice. It was awful, both times. I would I never be able think, to relate to this movie if it was named the Babysitter Murders. <laughs> like, I would fucking hate this movie. Like, well, it's like a, a babysitter's title. club. It's like a popular series of books. It's probably what they were thinking. No, Halloween's a much better time. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, it also kicked off the subgenre of like holiday death slash yeah. movies. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we'd never have Silent Night, Deadly Night otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Prom well, I mean, really, Black, I mean, Black Christmas is kind of the first one, honestly, uh, which you were also on. When I read yeah. about the influence, like, things that John Carpenter talks about in this movie, he does not talk about that movie, which I think maybe... What movie? Black Christmas, which yeah, is yeah. odd, because it obviously I mean, is a huge influence. Right. No, uh, I mean, he brings up Westworld, which is interesting for fans of the popular HBO series. <laughs> but, uh, it, like, a big part of it is in that movie, like, uh, kind of juxtaposing what you know about if you've never seen it. Like, there's, like, a robot who goes mm. rogue. 
And he's like unstoppable. Played by Yul Brenner. Yeah. Uh, and, and you have to, he's emotionless. And he's emotionless. And that was a big inspiration for this movie, actually. Well, I don't think that John Carpenter was the, actually the inspiration for naming it Halloween. I think somebody else was like, why don't we call it, why don't we set it on Halloween and mm-hmm. call it Halloween? There's never been a movie like it before. So what happened was uh, Mustafa Khan wanted to make a movie about babysitters getting hurt, <laughs> pretty much. And... Which is still a They call, requested yeah. that they have full like autonomy of the movie. Yeah. And then someone else suggested to them, like, why not make it on Halloween? And mm-hmm. like why not make it title at Halloween so that you know Sure. Which is pretty amazing because I really don't think the babysitter murders would have gone very far. <laughs> like, I, I at think all. It would, like it's just a title. I think the movie would still would have been like a classic. It but, we, like, but it's not a it's it's definitely a less iconic name. It's like, Oh god yeah. You know John Carpenter also insisted on having his name above the title. Yeah. Which probably bummed him out when it got horrible reviews when it first well, came thing, out. Well, that's like, originally got horrible reviews, and he people thought, like... get it. Well, people but, finally saw it, and it was, like, once, like, they got one good review, the all the reviews of other Roger people, Ebert like, changed their movie. minds, yeah. like, and they changed their reviews. It was positive. a big part of it, turning around. Siskel and Ebert loved this movie. Yeah. Like, it was they, Roger Ebert and someone from the da- Village Voice, I think, get, yeah. both gave glowing reviews of this movie and then people kind of gave it a second they changed look. their they watched it again and they gave a new review right? I mean I the only two movies off the top of my head that are horror movies that I can remember Roger Ebert giving four stars are this and Dawn of the Dead which, yeah which are both 78 I think Dawn of the Dead I think is 79 yeah if only there were an internet movie database. Right, well, we're, on, we're, we're talking now <laughs> so we're not gonna look at that um, as far as also like other influences I mean obviously Hitchcock huge influence huge um, he talked about the tracking shot in the beginning being from like an Orson well, Welles movie. Yeah, and he also just was a Hitchcock classic. Hitchcock did a lot of tracking shots like that too. He was a general like classic cinema lover. Like he, yeah. Well, famously too, I remember in like interviews, John Carpenter said he went to Hollywood to start making westerns. Which yeah, was, it was still like that's a jo- that was like a genre, not just like well, it was over with too when he yeah he started. No, he, he did. You know, well, he did. The thing is practically a western. You know, like. In a lot mm-hmm. of ways, but and you could argue that like John Carpenter's Vampires is also a western. Yeah, that's ways. true. Yeah. yeah, that's a good movie. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to discuss the mask. Somebody stop me! So oh yeah, we did. It's a William Shatner mask. It's no, it's Captain Kirk. And I think it's gonna be a long, long time. The touchdown brings me around again to find I'm not the man they think I am. And, but William the thing is, they rip the hair yeah. off. William of Shatner is Captain Kirk. I know, I know, but like, it's but Captain yeah, it's a Captain Kirk mask. Yeah, um, yeah, they opened up the eyeballs. They shaved down the features, and they like messed up the hair. Out the hair. They they made it white. Yeah, yeah. Captain Kirk is white, but he's like a Caucasian. He's not pale as a ghost. <laughs> yeah. So the other mask dead. they considered was, I think it's the clown, the sad clown. Uh, is it Gene Kelly? Sad clown. You know, the, the iconic sad clown uh, face. This is the one time I wish my mom was on the podcast. <laughs> She'd be like, oh, I know. <laughs> and they were like, well, that's a creepy mask. But then when the other one came on, they're like, oh, there's like no question. Like, And thank God they didn't just put him in a stupid clown mask yeah, in the and, movie. You know? And like, this mask only costs like $1.90. Yeah. So it was like a good call. Well, because it's like, 
it's expressionless. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's part of the reason, like, at least you've been doing, like, like, your own little memes with Michael Myers for October. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, when someone starts crying and I don't know how to react, and yeah. it's like, you know, when Lori's crying and he's standing there, because it's like this weird, like, expressionless face, like, yeah, you can put anything... Well, that's the thing is, like, with Michael Myers is, like, there's not much to him, so you can put any fear and anxiety you can project onto him, you know, and, like... Also, I was looking at this today, and so it made me think of it. Have you ever seen, like, at funerals where they, like, pose the body instead of putting it in the casket? Oh, it's so weird. Like, on the no. motorcycle and shit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, they'll have, like, it's... this guy loves motorcycles, so they... Pose the body on a yeah, fucking like, this guy motorcycle, loves... like in an action pose. It's fucked it's up. It's like, oh, this guy loved playing poker, so like he's sitting at the poker table, and like oh. all his friends sit by him. But it's like, and like too but much. but to the point, like kind of what made me think of it too was the person always looks like they're at a party and they don't look like they're having fun. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's very like Michael Myers. Yeah, maintain right. that emotion. This is like weekend yeah. at Bernie's, right? But it's very like Michael Myers. He's got that dead ass expression yeah. on his face. So. I mean, like, really, like, we could probably talk for hours about, like, sort of the influence well, of this we, movie, or, like... What, the in, well, let's talk a little bit about... The time What period? it's about and the influence sure, it yeah. had. I, I mean, mean, well, okay, so here's the one thing I wanted to say about the influence it had going forward. We know that it changed the genre, mm-hmm. you know? It's, like, kind of, like, horror was never the same after Halloween. It had five direct sequels. The thing that John Carpenter and Deborah Hill yeah. were always so bothered about, though, is... The rule became kids who are bad and have sex get killed, and that's not the message they were. It wasn't. It was more like they were distracted with their lives, and she really didn't have a life. Movies became like horror movies, slasher movies became so sexist in the eighties. This rule that like you're a dirty slut, you're gonna die. You're gonna die. Yeah, you're black, you're gonna die. You're You're a dirty slut, you're gonna die. Like all the white males. Well, and it's what's funny about that too is like this movie is like pretty clearly like anti-sexist. Like it's like. You know, it's like a kind of a feminist yeah. movie. Yeah, it had like, a direct, like, like this, feminist feel from her. Yeah. And, like, especially, like, for the 70s, like... Right. Well, then movies became... Like, horror movies became so much more sexist after that. Like, it's sure. just interesting. You know, and it, a lot of it... And they've always, like, the vehemently denied the fact that they encourage that, like... Yeah. A well, slutty clearly, female would die first. Like, it was just like, no, they were distracted with their lives. There's sexy things happening for titillation in the movie, you know? Yeah, like, there's it, a sex you know, scene and... It's it's yeah. not like... We, we, we don't see PJ Soul's tits because, you know... It's an important plot point. Right, yeah. you know? Yeah. It, like, they want to show some boobs, yeah. But it's not exploitive in that way, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's a little exploitive. It's, but it's yeah. not... But, but it's if not, you watch, like... All the Friday the 13th movies, there's so many titties. They're just like, oh my god. Like, yeah. it's like half the movie is like naked ladies are like fucking. Right. And yeah. Where this movie, it was like just like kind of a ongoing sequence with the plot. Right. Yeah. And it's not, you know, in those movies, it's not Riff Randall, the Ramon's number one fan. Right. <laughs> yeah. What uh, What would you guys say this movie's about? It's about a guy who kills some babysitters. <laughs> Um, no, I, I mean, it's about, like, uh, I think, like, kind of, we, we got into it a bit. Like, I think a lot of what they tap into is, like, fears and, like, things you find scary. I think it's, I think it's, it's the fears of the unknown and the fears of, like, how deep, like, you know, human, human it's, it's part of what I think works. In terms it's part of, of what I think works well in a lot of horror movies and a lot of my favorite ones is, like, a lot of it's, like, very unexplained. It's, like, part of what's good about, like, Lovecraft when he's good 
It's part of what's good about Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead. Like, there's not a lot of like, explanation. It's like, yeah. oh, why are these zombies coming? It's like, who fucking cares? They're yeah, back to zombies, life. It's yeah. scarier if you don't know. Yeah. Because it's like, why are they coming back to life? It, it, like, when you start being like, oh, it's because of, you know, there, there's like this. It's like, no one cares. And that's part of where the sequels get bogged down for this movie, where it's like. Michael has to have more Well, he's Laurie Strode's like brother. There's, yeah. there's a, he's yeah, a pagan because, yeah. curse. It's like, no, no, it's scary. If he's just a kid who, for some reason, he's five years old, stabs his, his sister. sister for no reason. Yeah. Like, that's much scarier. I mean, I think it's just like everyday evil. Like, there's a very suburban like normal relatable story and characters and then there's this like unstoppable force of evil you know that right. enters it like that uh teacher's talking about you know like mm-hmm. man cannot move it you know yeah um and because he's so plain and because he has no motivation you can kind of put any kind of anxiety or fear onto him yeah you know? it's sure. kind of a personalized and uh, yeah, anything about what was going on in the country well, I mean, at the time? You know, uh, Horror movies were getting awesome right in the late yeah. 70s. No, I mean oh, like yeah. right here, where like the seventies in general is kind of my favorite era for movies because yeah. the way they were making movies stopped working in the late sixties. Yeah, and you start getting badass movies like Dawn of the Dead or Night of the Living Dead, The Good and the Bad and the Ugly, The Wild Bunch, and then like in the seventies, it's like all bets are off. You get movies like this and like. Taxi, dri- taxi driver and yeah. like you know mm-hmm. kind of going a little more A-list than we do yeah you know and like this and like uh, like Dawn of the Dead's like about the same time like it's my favorite movie it's uh, this is during the Carter administration we elected the wrong Carter like people they're running out of gas and stuff <laughs> it's like, like things are pretty bad yeah it's the hangover from Vietnam and yeah. then things not getting much better after that war ended yeah and uh, th- that's yeah the economy of- wasn't great no, and it's it's funny because this movie is very seventies in a lot of ways, but it kind of gave birth to the eighties, mm-hmm. like kind of like the Carter administration kind of gave birth to like Reaganism and everything yeah. else too. So it's like it's kind of it's 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 a big precursor film, and like it's better than what came afterwards. Yeah, like Jimmy Carter is better than Ronald Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Reagan, the segments definitely hottest titties. Michael's sister. Michael's sister. Uh, I was going with Linda. You gonna go with Linda? Was a little more Linda, sassy. Linda. Saw something you liked? Yeah, <laughs> I did see something I liked. Uh, I mean, I agree. Very hot tits, but I like, just like that she was like in control. Like, yeah, yeah I'm topless right now. I like that she can went, fucking look at this. I like that she went to talk on the phone with her top open. Still. Oh, I lo- yeah. yeah, like it was more in control than like Judith just brushing her hair thing and she was alone. Well, well she was fucking babysitting. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that Michael's sisters though had much. Bigger breasts. She had nice boobs. They were very well shaped. Yeah. I like the like, confident boobs, though. Yeah. I, like I do like breasts. that. You have to appreciate that. Some of that, too, is like also like, a, you know, you feel like you better. Like, Maybe I'm jealous of the smaller boobs. <laughs> yeah, I am. Uh, you shouldn't be jealous. This <laughs> you can wear, you know? Like, yeah. You can wear, like, I, can, I can wear a little half shirt and just kind yeah. of, you know, stretch my arms. No. <laughs> hey, the only people who like. That worry about the bottom of boobs coming out, yeah. Other girls agree with you, no one else does. Like, <laughs> I mean, it is a thing too though, like I will say like kinda on that note, like if you've been in like a like a relationship for a while, it is interest like how you get more comfortable being like kind of, you know, naked and stuff, like uh Jesus Christ. <laughs> No, because you're like she just answered the phone topless, but she's just like, Yeah, the only person there's her boyfriend. She like she just had her tits out anyway, so like 
No, yeah. like, like I, I, I agree with you, but I'm just saying yeah, it's like kind confidence. of like a, yeah. She's pretty embarrassed when Michael, when uh, Judith is pretty embarrassed when Michael walks in and yeah. She's like, Michael, like, well, why are you, had the door open and everything. Yeah, you're, you're like your babies, you're like literally babysitting yeah. right now. Yeah, but I'd be upset if my younger brother wanted to see my tits. Yeah, that's pretty creepy. Yeah, especially <laughs> if he was going to murder me. Yeah, like, <laughs> a little like, awkward. I, like, like, if I had to pick one or the other, I'd be like, if he just wanted to see my boobs, it'd be like, Does okay. Sean or Rich ever walk in on you in your bedroom, brushing your hair and your underwear? Yeah. <laughs> Well, not when we live together, but now that we're married, they like always are trying. Like, <laughs> the windows. So, uh, best hair. I would say Annie or, or her dad. Oh, wow. Annie's dad's a good hair. I, like, oh, really I thought I, thought I had like a little like curl oh, there. No one's gonna see this one coming. You see it like very. What I like about Annie's dad's hair is he has hair that like it's in the seventies. It's like oh, a cop could have hair like that. Oh yeah, and like after that, it's like. There's no fucking way a cop would have hair like yeah. that. It's like yeah. all buzz cuts and like yeah. it was very like coiffed and yeah. sexy. Yeah, it, it was I like know, a time like where it. like a, a guy, a cop could have like a normal haircut. And now it's like you have to have a haircut on like this chart of like fifties hair. Yeah, you gotta have like a Farva haircut. <laughs> yeah, um, I had two answers. I loved, I love Annie's hair. Um, I also loved. Linda's sex hair when she had the pigtails. Oh, with the little bows. Uh, I also thought about writing that down too because yeah. I thought it was like kind of sexy. Yeah. Best outfit. And now a character we kind of uh, a character we kind of skimmed over in this one, like Tom Bombadil in the uh, Lord of the Rings uh, <laughs> uh, movies, the groundskeeper at the cemetery. Yeah. Uh, Stonewash denim on denim. Oh, <laughs> in the beer belly. Yeah. Yeah. Very. I loved it. Uh, also, Dr. Loomis, uh, his tie was, like, super wide. We're not talking about, like, just, like, a fat tie. Like, like it's, like, a fashion at some time. Yeah, like, it was a wide His tie. tie was, like, a good five, six it inches like wide. It was, like, a tie that wasn't sure if it was a tie or an ascot. Yeah, it was, like, <laughs> somewhere in between a tie and an ascot, yeah. which is crazy. Uh, so I, I really like that, too, because I'd never seen anything like that. Oh, but best one of all. Best one far and away. Tommy's space PJs. I was like, those are <laughs> oh, cool, yeah, man. I used to have some like, um, some like, like a like a flight jumpsuit like onesie. I thought that was really cool too, and reminded me of that. Very awesome. Yeah, I would have, I would have definitely, if I was ten, I would have loved the Spaceman PJs. So. <laughs> it was pretty sweet. Um, I have a lot, as usual. I don't mm. know if you want to get into yours first. Well, it was a tie between Annie and Linda. Yeah, um, I think it was like the sandals with the. The socks, yeah, the clogs. The, no, no, oh, yeah, because she had she yeah. had socks with her like little strappy sandals. Okay, and but also uh, Annie with the clogs, and yeah, the mustard yellow socks. Yeah, pretty awesome. I also wrote down Annie's mustard sweater vest. Um, it, yeah. Oh, yeah, the little sleeveless one. Yeah, yeah it was pretty good. And uh, I liked Linda's green striped shirt with a green bomber, green belt, and high-waisted jeans. That was a pretty cool ensemble. <laughs> yeah, Bob smoked lenses. Great accessory. Mm-hmm, definitely. But yes, Annie in a men's shirt 
with knee-high socks and wedges covered with a plaid blanket. That was my favorite yeah. ensemble. Yeah, she's like, I'm just going to go drive and pick a Paul right What's now. What's funny is on. it was like, she was throwing something on, but it still had a very 70s feel, you know? Yeah, well, yeah. that's the thing, like, if, if Down she... Down to the blanket. Yeah, like, the, if she was yeah, wearing, the red and yellow and the yeah. green, it was yeah. just a lot If of... she was wearing, like, white knee-high socks or, like, black knee-high socks, it would have just been kind of hot, but the mustard was like... This is like weird. Like I like that you get a lot of looks at her panties too. You know, yeah. Something else too. I know. I since we're talking about fashion, like because I noticed it too. Because we all, the three of us, went and saw Amityville Horror a couple days ago. Uh, jeans in the seventies, very like. Let's hide the woman's butt. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's like make it look. Let's like, uh, let's create the mom jeans. Because <laughs> like Jamie Lee Curtis, like kind of a big butt in real life, you know, and uh, Margot Kidder, big butt. Look very small in both these yeah, movies. Yeah, very similar butts in uh, these movies. 70s fashion. Best death. I'm going to say Bob. Okay. I just like him hanging off the wall. It was pretty <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. I said Annie. Yeah? I like the strangling scene in the car. I like the way she struggles. See? It's a good death scene. Yeah, she's still loud yeah. when she's dying. <laughs> See, I'm going to say Linda because I like the forethought that went into it. Like him dressing up like a yeah. ghost. Like, like... I mean, also, like, wow, yeah, shit, like, okay, this is a few years before Pac-Man, but, like, people, like, probably in the ghost at the time, you know? <laughs> Scary scene. Okay. I think when his mask is coming out of the darkness behind Lori, I think yeah. that's the best. It's very, like, you don't it's expect really it. Effective. Yeah. I'm gonna say when he, like, when she thinks he's dead and he gets up all, like, robotically, yeah. that's pretty... I, I do think I did write down all the scenes of like Laurie walking through the dark house are super tense because like mm-hmm. the whole movie's been building to this moment. Mm-hmm. For me, the scary scenes are all the shape watching Annie on the phone and in the laundry room. Mm-hmm. Like he he always steps away just at the last second before he's going to be seen. Yeah, and if you again, that was what struck me when I watched this movie and realized like how scary it was is you have to pay attention and you see how much time he puts in and how close he gets and how much he's watching you know like and I think that that part just really works because she's so unaware and he's so close to her he hears yeah. everything she says he you know he sees everything she does and he's just kind of biding his time and it's really creepy would you survive I said no uh, now, I was tempted to uh, see myself as, like, the groundskeeper at the cemetery. <laughs> but, uh, you know, really kind of the focus of the movies on, like, you know, high schoolers. I had sex in high school. I could see <laughs> going to someone's house and be like, oh, cool. I'm going to drink some beers here. And then getting stabbed to death. Like, you know, there's worse ways to go. Yeah. Could have died in Vietnam, which very other time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oof. Would I survive? I didn't write down my answer for this. I, as usual, I'm like a little bit torn, but I feel like I was a distracted high schooler. I was very social. I wasn't bookish and a watcher in the way that Lori was. You know what I mean? So Right, but on the other hand, you're married to Nigel Tufnell. <laughs> <Right. laughs> um, for those of you who don't know, in real life, Jamie Lee Curtis is married to Christopher Guest. Yes. He was the lead guitarist so for say, Spinal Tap. I'm going to say no. I think Michael would kill me. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I kind of mixed. Like, 
I'm highly paranoid. You are highly And highly... Paranoid. You are. ...alert about <laughs> stuff, so I feel like that would give me... But I was having a lot of a lot of sex in high school, so maybe not. <laughs> I might have been pretty distracted. Yeah. So, I just really You would have been like, let's get down to do... Yeah, but funny. let's listen for anything creepy going on, because, you know, our parents could be around, or, like, a psycho killer, so... Yeah, you used to have to, like, worry about that. Like, I mean, you know... Not me and Elise, because we waited until we were married. But like, other people, <laughs> you know, we never had to be like, okay, if the doorknob starts moving, we're like, <laughs> gotta get up really quick. Um, so how's this movie compared to Friday the 13th Part 4? I, I would say it's better. I say it's questionably better, yeah. Better, yeah. Okay. How many machetes do you give this movie? Five. Five. Five, yeah. Movie's perfect. It's a perfect, perfect movie. It's the, it's the perfect movie. Check it out, The folks. mood, the... The music. Yeah, the shots, the cinematography, the characters, the character work. Fuck, the fucking budget. It just, yeah. like, everything about it made Knowing just, like, that the they were perfect... throwing leaves at Jamie Lee Curtis. And I think the best part was that all the actors in the movie had to kind of, like, pitch in to help. And I think it gave it more of a feel because yeah. people really felt invested in the movie. I think so. And I think the whole movie really feels like Halloween. Well, yeah, I mean, you this know? is, in like, I mean, this is both of your favorite movies, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, I mean, God. Yeah. My favorite movie is Dawn of the Dead. It's same era, and like, some of the, a lot of the same thing, where it's like, yeah, a lot of people had to come together. And yeah. Like, get it, so, but, like, it definitely needs to be put out. Favorite movie, like, yeah. own it, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Five right. machetes. Five. Machete. All right, everybody, keep it spooky. Bye. Wait, rate and review us on iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> drink, buy some more drink. Long ride. <laughs> <laughs>